Hey everyone, welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj. Everybody's doing well. It's Friday, December 18th, a week till Christmas, and some more action in the NFL. NBA season is going to start on December 22. Can't wait for that. College football underway, conference championships games this weekend, a whole lot of rankings and stuff to be decided. In the NFL, we saw the last. Thursday night game of the NFL season and I'll get into week 15 and all the things that I'm looking forward to seeing and watching uh, transpire. I was off yesterday because one, big snowstorm obviously, working from home and boy was it cold and just couldn't do it. But I am back and hopefully I will be able to continue to do some more episodes before even more winter hits. Um, but what I want to get started talking about uh, today are the college football conference championship games that are on the tap this weekend, on this Saturday. Huge stakes for a lot of teams involved. Obviously, we know that Alabama, regardless of how they do against Florida, will probably make it into the college football playoffs. The question is, how about the other, other three teams that are there in the rankings? So... There's you know some very important title games coming up this weekend. I had referenced a couple of title games uh, a while back, and so now I want to get into the big schools and talk about those ones. So the Big Ten title game is supposed to take place uh, between the Northwestern Wildcats and the Ohio State Buckeyes. There's been a lot of complaining around college football as of recent about the whole college football system being broken and. You know, not being fair to every team. Like, I think, um, you know, Cincinnati saying that, you know, another school is saying the same thing about, oh, the Big Ten's played lesser games. They started late and all that. And the truth of the matter is it's been a very difficult season, no doubt. It's been a difficult season um, during this pandemic. So a lot of conferences weren't on the same page. Some didn't want to start their season unless they had more of a... You know more of a feel for what was going on around the world and so for Ohio State and the Big Ten Conference they've always been a part of the college football uh, you know sweepstakes and rankings and stuff so you know the thing is that for Cincinnati and some of these lower schools that are undefeated and claim well the system is broken let's go back to the BCS the BCS was an absolute like I didn't like the BCS at all numbering statistics kind of system ranking teams based on a certain metric. I didn't like that. Why was the college football playoff invented in the first place? It was to give the four best teams a shot to make the college football playoffs. Strength of schedule, quality of wins, and opponents. Cincinnati does not play in a good conference. They do not play in a conference that is deemed as one of the best. The Big 12 can make all the claims they want, but the Big 12 has never had a good defense. They've always beat up on each other. There's always been shootouts. Look at the SEC, the ACC. Yes, the ACC is probably a little bit more easy for Clemson. But it's not like Clemson hasn't faced quality opponents throughout the years. And so, do I agree that the college football system is broken? I don't believe that. I believe it should be expanded to eight teams, if you ask me. That would make people happy, most likely. But... The committee wanted to create this kind of discussion, have these kind of conversations, and sometimes it's a type of deal with it. 
strength of schedule is key. And for this season, a lot of teams couldn't get the opponents they wanted to get. A lot had to make do with in-conference games. Well, that's what B- Cincinnati needs to realize is that if they were able to play out of the conference, of course they would be considered more. They, if they were to face an SEC team or ACC team, they would get consideration. But that can't happen this year, unfortunately. So the teams that are complaining, like the Big 12 and the AAC Conference, if you guys were able to have more of a scheduling planned out, you know, if there was more of a, you know, were all these delays in the season and, you know, all these restrictions weren't there, then yes, you could be able to play certain games against outside of your, outside of your conference and maybe have a more of a, a, a chance, a claim at the system. So that's where I'm going to leave that at. It should be expanded for sure, the playoffs, but all this complaining about, oh, let's go back to the BCS system, let's go back to, oh, the system is broken. I don't believe that. Expansion, yes, that is a must. But because of quality of schedule, quality of opponents, sorry, the Big 12, the AAC, I wish these teams could have played the SEC, ACC this year, or the Big 10. Because then that would have... Then they, w- they wouldn't complain then. But it can't happen that way. And college football wanted to have a season. All these teams had a plan, a schedule that they went with. And this is what it is. So I think that's where we- I'm going to leave it at. So back to the Big Ten title game. So Northwestern, Ohio State. Uh, this should be a, uh, a, g- a good game. Now Ohio State has passed the eye test. You know, a lot... So far in their season, they've had a lot of cancellations, postponements, stuff like that. Um, so, you know, Ohio State, this is their chance, just the field's chance to get back to the college football playoffs after that tough loss against Clemson last year in the semifinal. I'm sure Ohio State is, you know, looking forward to getting back to that spot and being able to win this time. So they really have to come out. And, and win this game in a big fashion because there's a lot of teams that are probably hoping they lose which will then open up the door for a whole lot of teams behind them like A&M, Florida, Iowa State and then some so this is Ohio State's chance with yeah, lesser games played, I agree but they so far have the best quarterback so far they have one of the best quarterbacks I would say this season yeah, they haven't played in a while but they passed the eye test, in my, in my opinion. And they deserve to get an opportunity to play for a college football spot. Now, looking at this game, Northwestern was one of those teams that had a chance uh, early on. But they ended up losing it to a top 10 team, I think, at home or on the road. And so Northwestern has played better. And I'm going to go over some of the keys for Northwestern to pull off the upset in this game. I think the number one thing they have to do is run the ball early. Running the ball early will be very, very important for Northwestern because they have to control time and possession, control the pace of the game. The last thing Northwestern wants to do is get into a track meet with Ohio State and their offense. So running the ball well, early and often, controlling the pace of the game will be key for Northwestern Wildcats. Number two, quarterback Peyton Ramsey has to play a big game. 
he cannot have those costly turnovers against the Buckeyes defense. If you beat yourself, Ohio State will take advantage and score. So the most important thing is that Northwestern keeps Ohio State in front of them. You know, you know, Peyton Ramsey needs to just throw the ball efficiently, not take the big chances when there's not there, and he needs to make plays without turning the ball over for any chance for Northwestern in this game. And the last thing for Northwestern is their cornerbacks have to uh, play hard and match the physicality of Ohio State's wide receivers. They cannot let Ohio State get down the field in the vertical passing game. They cannot let Justin Fields make plays with his, you know, his mobility all the time. They got to pressure him, force him to make some, some, you know, contested throws down the field. They got to do a good job of containing Ohio State's wide receivers because they have shown the ability to get open and make big plays after the catch. So it's all about being physical, stopping Ohio State at their biggest, you know, focal point. It's very important that their cornerbacks play well because they'll give their pass rush the ability to get to Justin Fields. And that might be their best shot in this game is to slow him down to a certain extent. And if they can do that, they have a good shot of winning this game or pulling up the upset. Now, here are the keys for Ohio State to win in this game. Justin Fields needs to play at a high level and protect the football. He's looked good this year, but he did have that one game against Indiana where he had some interceptions, some, some plays that were not so good. So for him, he's got to be able to make plays with his feet. He's got to be accurate down the field and make sure that they have third and manageable down situations. And Ohio State definitely, their wide receivers need to win the matches against the Northwestern cornerbacks. Uh, it's all about which wide receiver will step up, get open, and make most of the plays. They need these wide receivers to get separation, to move the chains, so they can keep on trying to score and put Northwestern in a situation where they have to play catch-up. I think that is the best thing that, that Ohio State can do is play from ahead. Because they, if they're trailing, it favors Northwestern a little bit in their defense. So it's all about the tempo, the speed of the game. But I'm looking at Ohio State's wide receivers and which of these wide receivers are going to really step up and take on the challenge of getting big plays down the field, making the, the tough catches in the inside, and doing that. And lastly, for Ohio State's defense, they got to force this Northwestern office into third down and long situations. They got to win the field position in battle. They can't let quarterback Peyton Ramsey have his way. It's all about bringing, bringing pressure and making sure that they don't let Northwestern run the ball too effectively, which keeps their offense off the field. So with all that being said, this is a huge game for Ohio State. I think they have to win this game, obviously, to clinch their playoff spot. They should win this game. I'm going to pick Ohio State to win this game. I think Justin Fields is hungry, motivated. He's well-rested, protected. I think they will be able to find a way to get more explosive plays against Northwestern, make more of their drives, and I think they will win this game and improve their chances of being a lock for the college football playoffs. Now the next game that I'm going to transition to and talk about is the SEC Championship game. Number one, Alabama. Number seven, Florida. Now, 
this game is still meaningful, very important in terms of how the top four may or may not shake, shake out. Quarterback Mac Jones for Alabama versus Kyler Trask of Florida. These two quarterbacks have been mentioned quite a bit in the Heisman conversation, which is the greatest uh, award that a college football receiver can receive in any year. So this is a very important matchup, head-to-head quarterback matchup, which should be very, very good. Florida obviously come off a tough loss. We know what happened against LSU. I talked about it. They'll be very, very motivated to play a better game and try to at least give themselves a shot to be considered for one of the New Year Six games, or maybe, maybe an outside, very slim chance to be considered for a college football playoff spot. Remains to be seen how the, how, how that plans out. Now Alabama has been dominant all season long. They played well in the passing game, the running game, uh, receiving game. Their defense has been pretty good. Um, Devontae Smith, wide receiver, has had one of the best seasons um, you know, by far as a, as a wide receiver this year. And he also can be an, a Heisman candidate as well with his play this season. So I look at the, the only chance that Florida really has, to be honest, in this game, if I'm going to summarize it in one, in one statement, is Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask for Florida, he has the ability to keep, keep him in this game with his mobility and his, his arm. That's the best shot they got in this game because I don't have faith in their defense, to be honest. But I'm going to go into some keys for Florida and to what they can do to pull off the upset against Alabama. Number one, Kyler Trask. I mentioned him just now. He's got to play better than he played last week. You know, he's got to avoid throwing interceptions. He's got to extend some plays, use his mobility to push the ball down the field. That will be very important to do against Alabama, trying to push the ball down the field. Because you got to take chances and be, be aggressive against Alabama um, if you want to beat them. So, you know, I think the biggest thing to watch out for is can Kyle Trask, you know, escape Alabama's pass rush and make plays down the field. If he can get outside the pocket, you know, three, four, six times and make plays down the field, that would be big for this Florida Gators offense. Number two, the running game will have to do something and to keep quarterback Mac Jones of Alabama and this offense off the field. The last thing that Florida wants to do is give Alabama a lot of possessions in this game. So this is why the Florida's running game has to be a focal point. They need to run the ball. They need to run the ball, move the chains, and keep on trying to stay ahead in terms of converting third downs, not having third and long situations. If they can do that well to a certain extent, then maybe they'll be able to limit Alabama's possessions and give Kyler Trask the ability to max score for score. Number three, this Gators defense has to find a way to slow down Alabama's offense. I think Florida has to be physical. Their cornerbacks have to be disciplined, especially Marco Wilson Jr., who had that costly penalty a week ago. He must be um, better. These Florida cornerbacks and their pass rush have to do a good job of winning the battle of scrimmage against Ohio, uh, against Alabama's offensive line. You got to see their defense make some plays on Mac Jones. At least challenge Alabama in the passing game 
um, and try to force them to go elsewhere with, with, the, with their offense. Now, the keys for Alabama to win this game. Uh, number one, I think Devontae Smith needs to play at a high level, do what he's been doing the past few weeks. If he can do that, if he can get, get going, Florida will have a tough, tough time stopping him from getting touchdowns in this game. Number two, I think the Alabama running game has to be dominant, especially um, early on so they can really slow down for this pass rush and their ability to get after the quarterback. And I think that, of course, the defense of Alabama, they got to win the battle of scrimmage. They got to get after Kyler Trask, try to force him into turnovers again like he had last week, make sure that he doesn't make certain plays. They got to they gotta blitz him, play good coverage, tackle well, and I think that will be good enough for Alabama. So... You know, looking at all these keys and factors in the game, I just think Alabama's too good of a team to lose now. I think they will end up winning this game, maybe by a touchdown or uh, two touchdowns. And the reason why is that I think that Kyler Trask is going to play well, but I don't, I don't think he'll have enough support from his defense. Um, because Alabama will try to wear teams out early on with their running game, set up play action with Mac Jones. And I think Mac Jones is just too good. I think he will have a big day against this Florida Gators defense, and he will end up winning the game for Alabama, and they will be the number one seed in the college football playoffs. And finally, the last game that I've been looking forward to for a long time, and I'm sure a lot of teams, a lot of people have been looking around to this matchup, the rematch between the Notre Dame Irish and the Clemson Tigers. The last time Notre Dame and Clemson played, the Irish won 47-40. Trevor Lawrence was not in that game due to COVID and being off the, you know, being on the list. So their freshman quarterback made a start and it was a great back and forth through their game. And Notre Dame got that quality win. So now we have the rematch. Number three, Clemson. Number two, Notre Dame. And like I said, this is the rematch that everybody has been looking forward to for a long time. Trevor Lawrence gets the chance to avenge his team's loss against Notre Dame. Um, and Notre Dame has been playing great defense all season long. They've had a balanced passing attack and offense with Ian Book that has been able to win them a lot of games um, at times in, uh, during this season. The players to watch with Clemson are Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and wide receiver Cornell Powell. Now, Lawrence obviously did not play in the first game, so he obviously will have to be at his best in this game to beat Notre Dame's defense. Number two, Travis Etienne, their running back for Clemson. Last time these two teams played, Travis Etienne did not have a big game. He did not have over 100 yards rushing. He had a touchdown that game, but it was not the kind of performance they were expecting from Travis Etienne. And he's going to have to have a big game in order for Clemson to offset Notre Dame's style of play. And Cornell Powell, wide receiver for Clemson, had a big game last time against Notre Dame. He has to repeat his performance again because they need him and other wide receivers to step up and make plays like they did last time against Notre Dame. Now for Notre Dame, the players to watch, obviously, Kyren Williams, their running back who had three touchdowns and over 100 yards 
last time running the ball. You know, Kyron Williams is a very special running back, and he will be looking to repeat his performance, obviously. I think Javon McKinley, wide receiver from Notre Dame, has to step up and play well for Ian Book. And, of course, Ian Book himself, um, you know, Clemson getting a second look, second matchup against him. I'm sure Clemson's defensive coordinator is going to have a big game plan against um, Ian Book this time. And I fully expect things to be a little bit more harder for Ian Book. So he has to perform under pressure and re- really step up. I believe Clemson-Notre Dame's rematch will be a very highly contested game. And of course Clemson has to win this game or else they will not get into the postseason. Possibly. Because more and more I read about the scenarios and things that are going on. Clemson, if they lose against Notre Dame, they may not be good enough to get in. Even though they have a good quarterback and they have a better defense, it's all about the eye test and the losses on their schedule. So if they were to lose again to Notre Dame, I don't think they are going to get in. So they have to win this game. And they got to do so with Trevor Lawrence being at his best. So here are the keys for Notre Dame to pull off the win again against Clemson. Number one, I think Notre Dame needs to have a strong rushing attack like last time. They need to run the ball, play from ahead. That's what worked well against Clemson last time, and I think they have to do that again. Controlling the time of possession and pace in this game will be key for Notre Dame. Number two, I and Buck will have to be prepared to go toe-to-toe with Trevor Lawrence. As this game could go back and forth, and the key is can Ian Book make the play, makes the play, make the plays with his arm? Can he make a play under pressure? We saw him do it well against Notre Dame, uh, against Clemson. Sorry, last time, last time Ian Book had a big, big drive against Clemson last time, tied the game or, or something like that. So can he do it again under pressure with Trevor Lawrence on the other side? That is what I'm looking forward to. Number three. Can Notre Dame's defense succeed with their pass rush? And they can't for, can they force Trevor Lawrence into turnovers? If they force Trevor Lawrence into turnovers, they will win this game and definitely be a lock for the college football playoffs. Although even with a loss, Notre Dame would still get in. But this is a game which Clemson is going to play at their absolute best. And I think Trevor Lawrence, if the Notre Dame defense can't slow him down, can get any sacks against him in this game, I think he will eventually pick them apart. So that is something to watch out for is how well does Notre Dame's defense slow down Trevor Lawrence and this offense. Now for Clemson to win, number one, Travis Etienne and that Clemson running game have to be at their best. They have to be a focal point in this game. They need to play well early on, run the ball, not fall behind by too many points like they did last time. Clemson needs to stay right there with Notre Dame in terms of points, not get behind by double scores or you know any kind of margin. Even though Trevor Lawrence is a great quarterback, Notre Dame, you know, playing from ahead has usually been able to win those games. So, very important is that Etienne has a big rushing game to help Trevor Lawrence in this game. Number two. Clemson's third down efficiency has to be better than it was last time. They did not convert a lot of third downs last time. They got to do a better job of converting third downs and making sure they move the chains 
to not give Notre Dame the ball back too much because we know that Notre Dame will try to slow the pace of the game, keep Lawrence off the field. So it's very important that Clemson converts third down, stays ahead of the chains, stays on the field and converts into touchdown drives. And like I said, number three, Lawrence has to deliver in this biggest spot. This this could be possibly his last game as Clemson quarterback because he may be eligible for the draft next year. He's got to step up and really play well against Notre Dame's defense and show that he is a top quarterback. He can get it done. I think he will get it done because I believe in his abilities to make plays, to stay ahead of the chains. And I think that Clemson is motivated. I think they've heard a lot of things about their schedule, their quality of wins this season. I think they step up. I think they go back and forth with Notre Dame. But this time I think Trevor Lawrence being there under center. I like Clemson's chances of winning this game and heading into the college playoffs. I think they'll make it. They just have to be able to beat Notre Dame, match point for point, and Dabo Sweeney and that Clemson offensive coaching staff, they need to coach a really good game um, in order to book their ticket to the college football playoffs. So it should be a fun Saturday of conference championship games. We're looking forward to breaking down all the action Monday. In the next segment, I will be transitioning to NFL Week 15 and some of the matchups and things that I'm looking forward to watching on NFL Sunday in Week 14, Week 15. And it should be a very interesting week for sure. We're heading towards the closing stages of the NFL season. A lot of seeding up for grabs still in the AFC and NFC. So it should be really interesting to watch. And I'll be previewing some games that I think will be very, very important and key uh, this weekend in the NFL. So in this segment, I want to talk about Week 15 in the NFL season. Last Thursday night football game took place last night as the Los Angeles Chargers defeated the Las Vegas Raiders in overtime, uh, 30-27. to And boy, was that a game which the Raiders needed. Once again, they started out 6-4. Some injuries and stuff took place, and the defense just not playing well once again towards the end of the season. And boy, did they need that victory! And I mean, Justin Herbert and the Chargers, you know, definitely uh, got this victory by just playing much better down the stretch. Although, Marcus Mariota for the Raiders had to come in for Derek Carr who unfortunately was ruled out of the game after a groin injury and Mario did a great job of putting this team in a position to win this game to to have a chance Um, but once again the story of the Raiders this season has been their defense I thought that John Gruden should have been a little bit more aggressive early on in this game he was not, and uh, you're paid a hundred million dollars over ten years, and you know they're the third year into, into into this you know 
30 year into the tenorship of this deal and you know 4 and 12 the first season 7 and 9 and you know things are kind of looking bleak for the Raiders they need a lot of help to get into the postseason I believe and so it really comes down to getting a lot of help and winning the rest of their games pretty much they have any shot of making it to the AFC playoffs Justin Herbert continues to play at a great level. He most likely will be the Rookie of the Year. As far as I know, he's had one of the best seasons. Winning record hasn't been there always because Anthony Lynn as a head coach this year. I mean, Chargers have dealt with a lot of injuries, yes, and a lot of you know shuffling pieces. But you gotta be better um, in most of these games. This defense as well. And Anthony Lynn actually made some questionable play calls yesterday. One that I still don't understand. A third down and two with under a minute, you know, under, you know, under two minutes to play. You know, why not just run the ball uh, third down and two instead of having Herbert roll out to the right to make a pass? I mean, yes, Herbert could have thrown the ball away, but, you know, that was a questionable call. Chargers kicker. Actually missed a couple of ones. So they really need, I think, a new kicker for sure. Anthony Lynn may or may not remain as head coach. Although I think that Herbert, the way that he is playing, I think they need to maximize his talent. And I'm not sure Anthony Lynn is the guy um, to lead to lead this team in terms of going forward. I think they need a new voice. I think they need... A little more um, weapons on the outside, or I would say a better running game, probably. If I'm being honest, and their defense gotta get healthy, but need a new scheme as well. So, credit to the Chargers for getting a win. I think this is their first division win um, since 2018, I believe. I think that's accurate. Um, but you know, nice job by the Chargers uh, beating their arch rival in a must-win game. And now, you know, Derek Carr, you hope his injury is not too serious, but the Raiders obviously have to win the rest of their two games. And they need help from the Browns, the Ravens, Tennessee Titans, the Colts. They have any shot to get in. So Week 15 features some key matchups, and one of those key matchups that's taking place um, on Sunday is the Seattle Seahawks at the Washington football team. Now... Seattle's trying to, you know, get back the NFC West lead. I think they're tied with the Rams at the moment. But it's a big game for both sides because, you know, Seattle is trying to set up that home matchup next week against the Los Angeles Rams in Week 16, which will most likely decide the NFC West, possibly. And, of course, Washington trying to stay at the New York Giants. Now, Seattle is offensively more better than Washington in terms of quarterback play at this moment and wide receivers. Washington will not have Alex Smith starting this game due to injury. Dwayne Haskins will get to start. Now Dwayne Haskins has been talked about a lot in terms of his future and what he will you know what will he be and you know his future is unclear. But if there's ever a time for Dwayne Haskins to quiet people and to prove people wrong, it's this game. I mean, 
People haven't talked about Dwayne Haskins as much because he hasn't made a whole lot of plays. They haven't obviously surrounded him with the best talent, mostly at all times. And so it's very important that Dwayne Haskins gets this opportunity to try to make something out of it. So, I mean, this Washington offense, you know, has decent weapons, a decent running game, but I don't know if they have enough to challenge Seattle in terms of their defense. Seattle's defense isn't the best. They're okay. They can, you know, they will bend, but they won't break too much. And I mean, Jamal Adams playing at a high level. You know, got Griffin there, Wagner. I just think Seattle's defense is just primed to shut down Washington, what they do best. And they can possibly get turnovers off Haskin um, in this game more than they were, were anticipating before they found out about this injury. So I think overall Washington's defense is going to show up and play well. They may keep you know, the Washington football team in the game. But I just think Seattle just has too many, too many weapons. I think Russell Wilson is going to want to finish strong. I think Seattle will look to attack on the outside with DJ Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson as well in the the running game. And I just think that they're going to be able to get more explosive plays than Washington will be able to do. It could be close early on because I said Washington's defense is nothing to get past. I mean, they do have a good pass rush. Chase Young has been playing at a high level. And maybe he could be you know, in the consideration of Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, so their pass rush will definitely give Seattle some problems, but if Wilson gets loose, then I think he will be able to make plays down the field and that would not bode well for uh, the Washington football team. So I think Seattle will win this game. Uh, I think I really want Seattle to win this game because the NFC East should, you know, come down to like the last week, I hope, um, just because that's... <laughs> how some of the divisions have come down recently for the NFCs in the recent years. Now, another game that's kind of interesting to watch and meaningful, um, even though there's an outside chance of this happening, uh, you got the Chicago Bears 6-7 and seven at the Minnesota Vikings 6-7. and seven. This is a key NFC North division battle. Both teams have been through a lot this season. We know that Chicago, offensively, with the quarterback situation, has been a mess. Matt Nagy hasn't had the best year. His job may be on the line. Mike Zimmer, the car, you know, the Vikings got off to a really tough start. They have responded, obviously, with Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins playing much better um, through this stretch. And you look at both teams and how they're built. You know, Chicago's built on their defense. Uh, their running game has been on and off this year. Uh, Allen Robinson has been really good for the Chicago Bears, but you know with Nick Foles and Trubisky, the whole like situation has been tough. Chicago did get off to a good start this year, but boy, have they gone on a big skid since then. I think they were five and zero or five and one. I'm not exactly sure if I remember their record, you know, but they were in a better spot early on. This season, maybe a three and one, four and one, something along those lines. But I think they lost like five or six games in a row. I think that's what ended up happening to this team. 
and their defense started to wear down because a lot of teams were on the field longer. So, you know, it's been an interesting season for both teams. Uh, the Bears are coming off a very impressive victory of the Houston Texans last week, but, you know, Trubisky usually does well against some bad defenses. I guess top defenses, although, hasn't seemed to have played as well. And so, you look at this matchup for both sides. Um, you know, Chicago's offense is pretty perplexing. Their running game can, can get going. Trubisky can make some good plays sometimes with his arm. I just don't know I have enough faith in Trubisky and the Bears to put up points against the Minnesota Vikings. Although the Vikings defense has not been as good this year as it was last year. So maybe Trubisky will be able to put up points at some, some kind of pace, but... I don't know if I trust them to win this game for the Chicago Bears on you know, on the road at Minnesota. I think this game will come down to which team cares of the football more and which quarterback makes the most of their possessions. I think Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are going to bounce back. I think they're going to bounce back um, and have big performances because they're going to need that uh, from, from these two wide receivers in order to, you know, have success against this Bears defense. And the Vikings, I believe, are coming off uh, a loss uh, last week, I believe, or something like that, maybe or maybe not. But uh, you look at both teams and where they are in terms of the playoff standings, I mean... Vikings are probably rooting for the Cardinals to lose, you know, this week and in the coming weeks. But all that Minnesota can control is winning the rest of their games and trying to finish nine and seven. That is their best bet because the Arizona Cardinals do have a tougher schedule, I think, down the stretch. So if Minnesota wins all their games, there's a good chance they may be able to have a shot. The same thing goes for the Chicago Bears. Although I think the Vikings are more in a better position, to be honest, to make a run at it. So I think Thielen, Jefferson will bounce back, have big games. I think the Vikings O-line will slow down this Bears pass rush in this game. And I think the Vikings will make more of their opportunities. I think they will convert more opportunities into scoring drives. And I think Kirk Cousins will play just well enough um, to give the Vikings a chance to win this game. And I think they will. I don't think they'll have a repeat performance like they had uh, last week where, you know, a bunch of, I think, missed field goals it was against Tampa Bay. And I think Dalvin Cook will do his thing. And I think you'll see Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen really step up and make the most um, of, the, of their possessions and their, their plays this week against the Chicago Bears. Now, speaking of the Arizona Cardinals... The Cardinals are hosting the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts this week. Now, Eagles, you know, picked up a victory after a, quite a bit of a losing streak, and the Cardinals uh, are at seven and six, coming off a win against the New York Giants, in which they finally were able to win a game and have a good formula, not turning the ball over. So, in this game, I think it's going to really come down to. You know what kind of what kind of game plan will the Cardinals have? Will they be, follow the same formula they had last week? Will they have Kyler Murray make good throws, 
have the running game going, rely on their defense and their pass rush. Now the Cardinals haven't been a great defense all year. At times they've shown it, at times they haven't shown it. So I think the key thing to watch in this game is to see how well does Kyler Murray do. You know, what kind of things will he be able to replicate? And what I mean by that is we know that their passing attack has been on and off a couple of times. But, you know, with DeAndre Hopkins last week, he found something. So it's all about Kyler Murray being more consistent and putting towards good performances in a row, the way that he was doing early on in the season. So I think Murray, Kyler Murray has to be accurate. You have to get the ball downfield to Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins. Then you need to attack the Eagles secondary, which can be had. They need to make the most out of those drives. But Kyle Murray has to use his mobility. He's got to avoid the turnovers. He's got to play smart, like the way he played last week. Because this game is a game that they should win because they're the better team offensively. Um, and they should have a good pace of play in this game. As for the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, they are coming off a win with Jalen Hurts played well. He's able to make plays with his legs, get some first downs, make some interesting throws. To see his passing ability in this game will be interesting. There's a lot to be desired on him as a passer. And so the key is, can he be able to make some big throws against this, this Cardinals defense? Can he keep the chains moving? You know, that's something that we need to see from him. Because, you know... In Alabama, he played well to a certain extent, but, you know, at times you saw he was struggling, especially in that national uh, championship game a couple of years back. So, it's very important that the Eagles try to sustain their momentum they had against the New Orleans Saints last week. I think running the football with Miles Sanders will be important. They need to have that running game going um, in order to have a chance to slow down the Cardinals' offense. You know, so... Running the football for the Eagles and having Jalen Hurts improve as a passer um, this week will be key for the Eagles if they want to pull off the upset. That defense will have to obviously try to be more of a factor in terms of pressuring Kyler Murray, forcing some you know off-filtered plays, which in which Kyler Murray you know sometimes makes, and some of those plays can be touchdowns, but those other plays can be interceptions as well. So it'll be very, very key um, for the Arizona Cardinals and the Eagles to, you know, stick to their their strengths that they had last week and try to make the most out of that. Now, for the Cardinals' defense, I mean, I haven't really seen them got a whole lot of turnovers. Yes, they got six sacks against the New York Giants and everything, but... You know, it's all about, you know, how well does this defense want it. You know, they're in a spot where if they win the rest of their games this season, they'll be in the playoffs. But this defense got to show something. I mean, Isaiah Simmons needs to be mentioned more and more. He needs to get up there. I haven't really heard a whole lot about Isaiah Simmons on the Cardinals. And maybe he has to earn that playing time. But this is a game in which the Cardinals defense could get healthy, could get right on track. Yes, they beat the Giants last week, but, you know, 
Can you keep it up? This is a, a key opportunity for the Cardinals defense to see what they what they can do well in terms of when they have to play the Rams later on or you know some other teams down the stretch. So this defense can they keep the pass rush going? Can they get turnovers? Can we see better cornerback play from Patrick Peterson, Barda Baker? These guys have to show up and take care of their business against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think overall, the Cardinals um, are going to come out strong in this game, knowing that their playoff hopes depend on it. They know that any loss will give a you know an opportunity to the Vikings. So I expect Kyler Murray to be locked in. I expect Cliff Kingsbury to be better and prepared. And they will not, you know, lose this game, I believe. They will find a way to win. And they will get closer um, to some key matchups against their division rivals. And, you know, and we'll, we'll see how, how it all shapes out. But I think they do have, a, you know, a little bit of a harder schedule compared to the Minnesota Vikings. And so, you know, this is the Cardinals. The Cardinals have been... Obviously, talked about a lot this season um, as one of these teams that could be a sleeper team in the NFC. And this is their time to prove it uh, in terms of, of winning against a, a team that's clearly inferior than them, that isn't as strong as them um, on both sides of the ball. And I think if they are able to, if they're able to, you know, get this win, their chances of the playoff will improve significantly. And that's what I'm counting on. Now, a huge game this week um, that's taking place on Sunday evening is the Kansas City Chiefs at the New Orleans Saints. Now, this is a potential Super Bowl preview. The Chiefs continue to win at uh, win in a variety of ways. You know, coming back from deficits. You know, special teams play. You know, Mahomes and Kelsey doing their thing. The, the Chiefs have been able to win with a lot of things going in their direction. They had turnovers last week against the Miami Dolphins, but they still found a way to win that game. So now they're playing a New Orleans Saints team that's coming off, obviously, a tough loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill has done a okay job in terms of you know holding the fort down while Drew Brees is out. Drew Brees has been out. And, you know, the Saints running game has been you know a little bit I would say off and on depending on their matchups they've had I think Alvin Kamara is due to bounce back in this game as they they'll need him to bounce back in this game to slow down the Chiefs offense now Drew Brees is expected to make his return from the you know ribs injury that he had so Brees is expected to, to, to be back and what is on the line for the Saints more so than the Chiefs, I would say? I think the Saints obviously would love to get that number one seed, to get that extra bye week. Last year, the Saints were winning games at a high pace. The seeding stuff was kind of strange, but they, they, did, have, they did have a key loss somewhere. I think they lost to the 49ers, um, if I remember correctly. And so, due to their identical records and division kind of record, I think the Saints were, you know, had to play on wild card weekend. So 
with Drew Brees' health and the whole talk about him possibly retiring, it's been widely reported that Brees may end up retiring after this year from the Saints. So if the Saints really want to maximize their opportunity for Super Bowl this year, they have to win this game and try to keep up with the with the, with the Green Bay Packers for the number one seed. So I think, like I said, Alvin Kamara needs to have a big game in the receiving game and the running game. Michael Thomas definitely needs to have a big game. Drew Brees will definitely help that. You know, help him do that, and he needs to have a breakout game against the Chiefs. It may take like a uh, uh, a performance like Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, a monster effort from these two guys to give the Saints the ability to win this game. It could very well be a shootout in this game. Both defenses are not, you know, that great. Although the Saints have played a little bit better than than the Chiefs at times this year, and so. It could be a back-and-forth game. The Saints defense obviously needs to pass rush well. Try to limit the Chiefs to field goals, which is very impossible to do, but they have to try to do that. And they need to produce um, turnover somehow if they can. And they got to keep Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and the Chiefs wide receivers in check, which is hard to do. But they got to find a way to slow down Kelsey because he's been on a roll lately and I think the way that he is playing it's going to be very very hard to to beat him you know in terms of the schemes that Andy Reid does have of getting him open the Saints got to find a way to shut that down or at least limit that so he's not single-handedly you know dominating inside the field I think the key for the Saints is to get off to a fast start and try to control the pace of the game. The Chiefs running game needs to get more consistent in this game and their O-line is kind of banged up so protecting Mahomes will be key in this game for the Chiefs. I'm picking the Saints to win this game and the reason why I'm picking the Saints to win this game even though my mind says the, the Chiefs I just think that the Saints are more. Um, I think they, they've been more. They've played a lot more contested games this year, and I think that with Drew Brees' return, this offense is going to be able to put up a lot of good points. There's been a lot of pressure on that defense the last couple of weeks when he takes some hill. I think with Drew Brees at the helm, I think that the Saints find a way um, to win this game. Although I would not be surprised if it goes into a shootout and if Mahomes gets the ball last, then everything goes out the window. But I'm going to say the Saints win this game purely on the fact that Drew Brees is returning. I think they've missed him. I think they'll play hard for him. This is you know one of their home games uh, down the stretch here. I think they want to put together a good effort and earn that bye, uh, or at least be in contention for a bye. And I just think that Breeze will get a chance at the end. I think Breeze will have a chance at the end of this game um, to, maybe, to possibly win the game either in regulation or in overtime. But I, I like Drew Breeze being able to get, get this victory um, for the New Orleans Saints. And they will hopefully be able to keep up, keep up with the Green Bay Packers um, for the NFC top seed.
Now, the Cleveland Browns and the New York Giants squared off on Sunday Night Football. I had talked about these two teams way back when I first started doing my podcast about the players on these teams and coaching and stuff like that. And now they both face each other in a key game for the New York Giants and for the Cleveland Browns. The Browns, with their last three games they have left, have a chance to not only make the postseason, but obviously have a winning record uh, with 10 or 11 wins, which will be important for their seeding um, in the AFC playoffs. But the Browns are not, not there yet in terms of clinching that yet. And so this game is going to be interesting for a lot of different reasons. I wish Daniel Jones would be playing this game. I know that he didn't look he didn't look that great or as good as he should have looked um, you know last week. He is banged up so he will not play. Colt McCoy will get the start for the New York Giants. And if people don't remember Colt McCoy was drafted by drafted by the Cleveland Browns. So this could be a possible revenge game for Colt McCoy, um, you know, to get at the Browns. Now, the Browns have obviously looked a different team this year with Kevin Stefanski as their head coach. He has proven to be a much better coach than Freddie Kitchens. Now, Freddie Kitchens is the offensive coordinator for the Giants, and he is calling plays this week because Jason Garrett will not be able to do so. If I remember correctly, I think Jason Garrett is out for this game because of, you know, office coordinator. So Freddie Kitchens calling plays against the Browns defense. Now, which he does have some, you know, familiarity with. You know, he is familiar with their defense a little bit. Um, but this game is really about, you know, do the Browns come out flat or do they come out playing the way they play against the Baltimore Ravens? I think Cleveland obviously would try to wear the Giants running defense down. The Giants defense has been pretty good in the, in the last three to four weeks of the season. They have played hard under Joe Judge. The running game has been there much better, I would say, in recent weeks. And so the key is can Colt McCoy make plays against the Browns defense? I think he can. I think he can. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it at a consistent basis because Cleveland is obviously a different team this year, and that defense is definitely going to try to get after him, bring blitz and blitz you know, pressure and all those kind of things. I'm just not sure the Giants are going to be able to handle it as well. Um, the offensive line did struggle against the Arizona Cardinals, and so it's going to be hard to see what happens, you know, with this Giants offense and if they can, you know, make plays in the in the receiving game. Cleveland will probably try to push the ball down the field a lot. Jabril Peppers will have to step up since James Bradbury is out for the Giants due to COVID. So, you know, it's going to be a game in which the Giants' only shot winning this game is running the football. Get, trying to get turnovers against Baker Mayfield in this offense. Uh, Leonard Williams needs to step up and do something in this game. Peppers has to do something as well. So this game is really going to come down to, like I said, field position and 
Colt McCoy not having costly turnovers. If the Giants can play the way they did against Seattle, they will be able to give the Browns some trouble in this game. Um, I just don't know if Daniel, I don't know if Colt McCoy is going to do enough to be honest in this game because the Browns have been putting up points um, pretty well uh, the last two or three weeks. Uh, it seems like Baker Mayfield is getting more and more comfortable. He's making good throws. And so I just fear that his mobility is going to cost us in this game. I'm really hoping that the Giants just play a good game, give the Browns some trouble. But I'm really hoping that, that you know Washington loses this week against Seattle um, because the Giants will definitely need that to have a chance at the NFC East crown. Slayton, Shepard, you know, Wayne Gallman. I think they'll play well to a certain extent, but I just think the Browns have too much firepower on offense. I think they will not have a letdown after that emotional game, emotional game they had against the Baltimore Ravens. I think they'll find a way to use Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb a lot more. The Giants defense will play well early on. We may get a lead, but I just think the Browns will wear us down in the second half of this game, and I think they'll make more plays and get the victory. I think the Browns get it done because right now they're the more complete team. If we had our quarterback, you know, we were playing with Saquon Barkley, totally different story. But I just don't think we have enough firepower on offense to hang with the Cleveland Browns. Even though our defense will play hard and probably give us a chance in this game, I just don't trust the Giants to make enough plays, uh, especially in the second half, to win this game. And they do end up winning it. I'll be happy nonetheless. But I just think the Browns are going to come out strong um, and make sure they get this victory um, because they know what's at stake in terms of their playoff spot. Still not being, you know, a lock yet. And so I think they'll play more aggressive. And I think the Giants will just have to uh, try to do their best to stay in this game, not 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 let it get away from them. Cole McCoy could probably get them in a position to maybe being this game late but I just think the Browns uh, with Baker Mayfield will get a lot more of you know have more success in the passing I think Jarvis Landry and Rashard Higgins are gonna have big games this week because of Bradbury being out and that I think in itself will be a problem for the Giants secondary in this game so week 15 should be really interesting to watch a lot of good games a lot of key games coming up um, to, keep, to keep an eye on but I will say this about the Miami Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens Miami um, obviously needs to keep winning and they will have a really good test I think this week against the New England Patriots because there's been a lot of things said about Bill Belichick and this defense and this team and so I think the Dolphins have to be on a high alert, high upset alert this week against the New England Patriots uh, as for Baltimore, they looked good the last couple of weeks. You know, it's all about keeping their momentum. Um, and if they keep on keeping their momentum they've had the last couple of weeks, I think they will uh, be able to clinch a playoff spot uh, sooner than they, than they think. Although it will come down to some key matchups. Um, you know, and they obviously will be competing with the Colts and Tennessee Titans for those spots. Now speaking of the Tennessee Colts, Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts, these two teams are obviously still in the mix of the AFC South. 
I think the Colts matchup this week against Houston will be interesting uh, for sure. I think Houston will give them a good game. I think the Detroit Lions uh, will definitely, you know, give Tennessee a good fight. Although I think that's the game this week, or I could be jumping myself, but <laughs> I think it's very important in the AFC South that Tennessee, Derrick Henry, keep it going uh, because they do have a shot. If they keep playing, playing uh, really, really good, um, that they will be able be a force in the AFC. Remember, the Tennessee Titans emerged as a team last year. They played their best football late in the season, and I think this is their time to keep doing it. And this time, it'll, it'll maybe be beneficial for them to, to keep playing their style of football um, and get a home playoff game possibly um, in the AFC playoffs.